goal achievers, welcome to Elite Achievement, your go-to podcast for service-based business owners who want to achieve their goals and grow their businesses. Hear inspiring stories from other business owners, learn goal achievement strategies, and overcome the challenges you face when growing your business. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach, here to help you achieve your goals. Together, let's close the gap between the goals you set and the goals you achieve. Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome back to Elite Achievement. Today, we are wrapping up our discussion around sales, at least for now. If you haven't listened yet, check out episode 59, Winning Virtually at Sales, and episode 60, Personalize Your Prospecting Process to hear more sales insight. I wanted to end our sales discussions by sharing some tips and best practices. So my team reached out to some successful financial advisors who collectively have 20 years of experience in sales and asked them to answer the following three questions. Number one, what are your best outreach tips for getting a meeting? Number two, once in that meeting, what are your favorite questions to ask to create connections? And number three, how do you follow up with people who don't become clients right away? Listen in as three financial advisors share their tips and best practices. You might want to grab a notebook or open up the notes app on your phone to capture the content that is about to come your way. First up, Amy Steiner out of Lee Wood, Kansas, shares her tips and best practices. My best outreach tips for getting a meeting scheduled with a potential client is that I really follow up in three ways. The first way is that I send an email introducing myself and give it a few days, letting them know in the email that I'm going to reach out via phone to schedule a meeting. If they don't respond directly to the email, then a few days later, I call on the phone and try to reach them. And lastly, if I don't connect with them via phone, then I will shoot them a text within the next few days after to follow up with my voicemail and email and hopefully um, get a meeting scheduled via text. Once I'm in that meeting, some of my favorite questions to ask to create connection with potential clients are open-ended questions such as, tell me what's new in your life or what's going on right now. What makes you interested in us scheduling some time to visit? Is there anything in particular that you're concerned about from a financial perspective or anything that, that weighs heavy on your mind? And I also always wanna ask about their family, how they got into the career that they're in, what their background is from an educational standpoint to find if there are any commonalities between the two of us. If after I meet with them and take them through the sales process, they don't become clients right away, I send a follow-up email usually three to six months after our initial meeting, just checking in to see how things are going or even try to establish a set follow-up call with them that maybe now is just not the right time, but things tend to have a way of changing and that I'd like to have permission to follow up with them in three to six months. If at that time I'm still not able to connect with them, typically I will wait another month or two and then follow up with them via email and also make sure that they're on my marketing email campaign blast so that they're still continuing to receive very valuable information from a communication standpoint, but that they also see my name in front of them 
Um, and lastly, within the first year, at that one-year mark of the initial meeting, I'll reach back out to them to see if now is a better time to connect as well. And if I still can't get a hold of them, I don't take them off of my call list or my email list until they tell me to. So I know that they're still going to be seeing my name and hopefully they'll reach back out. And I have had a few potential clients that have circled back with me within that first year or two that timing just wasn't right initially and that now is a better time and we're able to engage and take them through the sales process at that time. I like how Amy doesn't remove someone from her follow-up list until they tell her to. We likely give up too soon due to our own discomfort during outreach. This is such a powerful reminder that timing plays such an important role in sales. Next, Tori Garber out of Las Vegas, Nevada, shares her tips for outreach, favorite questions to create connections, and follow-up processes for when someone doesn't become a client. What are your best outreach tips for getting a meeting? One, calling prospects and clients between 5 and 6 p.m. is the best time of day to reach people. They're at the end of their workday, but typically haven't started with their family evening routine. Two, overcoming their objection. Often, there is simply a misunderstanding or miscommunication to clear up. For example, if they say, Tori, thanks for calling, but I'm already working with a financial advisor. I could respond, that's great. I'm not interested in replacing them. I want to fill any gaps and enhance what you are already doing. Three, refer back to the nominator. The goodwill they feel towards that person may lead them to schedule a meeting. Once in that meeting, what are your favorite questions to ask to create connections? How do you like to spend your time when you're not working? Are there any groups that you belong to? Do you enjoy traveling? Are there any charitable organizations that you volunteer for or donate to? How do you follow up with people who don't become clients right away? My associate calls the B prospects and I call the A and A plus prospects on their six month birthday to reconnect and schedule a meeting. They also receive a digital birthday card and monthly newsletters geared to their demographic to keep us in mind. Most of the time, they have accepted my LinkedIn request, and they may see some industry-related content and personal updates. Also, I go back to the nominator during annual reviews to give them feedback on which referrals became clients and which didn't. They will often follow up with those people to encourage them to get back together with me. I like how Tori reminds us that there is often a misunderstanding or miscommunication to clear up. Sometimes we take objections too personally, which can derail our mindset and keep us from consistently reaching out. Last, Irina McGrath out of Inglewood, Colorado, shares her insights and perspectives. I will start with the first question. What are the best outreach tips for getting a meeting? The number one that I've discovered is sharing my vision with clients that is how many households we want to impact the impact we want to create in the community and as we share our vision how we want to serve the community what we notice is that that automatically creates this level of lead generation that we don't have to do very much we just simply get introductions via email the second element to that approach is also educating the clients and letting them know that the best way to introduce anyone to us is via email. So a lot of my clients already know what to do. 
even share my calendar link with many of them so they can immediately schedule a time. So it's really spending the time and talking to clients and prospects about us, our practice, and some of our processes, but keeping it very, very simple for them because we can't create more work for a client. It has to be simple and easy experience for them. So that's one. We do utilize all the technology in the 21st century. So LinkedIn has been a great resource of reaching out to people, connecting to new contacts, uh, noticing if we have any mutual connections or acquaintances and creating lists of names that we can reach out to. I do share some of the lists with clients. I simply ask their permission if we can use their name, letting when we call the new prospects, if we could use their name that we work with them, help you professionally, and 100% of the time, it's a yes. We find that the third avenue of scheduling meetings, the phone, it's becoming less and less popular. People are not answering their phone. We utilize texting after calling and leaving a few messages. We will reach out via text as well and via LinkedIn messages. So those are, those has been the primary ways. One last point is if we do have an email, we will certainly reach out via email. And one of the best tips that I've gotten from working in startups in Silicon Valley is that we do have a practice of reaching out to everyone minimum of seven times before we let that individual go. And then we move on to a new prospect, either phone calls, emails, LinkedIn messages, seven times, and then we move on. What are my favorite questions to ask to create connections? I do focus a lot on the psychology of money. There's quite a few favorite questions. I'll focus on four is I simply ask the prospect in the meeting to tell us about their relationship with money. And we'll say, please tell me about your relationship with money, whatever that is. And part of question is also asking them what has been the message that was sent to them about money in the family they grew up in. Did the parents talk about money? Was it a struggle? Was it there any education about money? So it opens the doorway to learn about how an individual views money and the psychology around that. I also really enjoy asking in meetings for clients to share with us the best financial decision they have made and the worst financial decision they have made. Just pause and let them share their experience. We also ask what brings you joy. That is when you're not working, you're at home, what brings you joy? And it could be as simple as an activity with family or travel, another a doorway to learn more about the client and who they are as a human being. But most importantly, we also ask a lot about goals and motivations. So one of the questions we ask is, what motivates you enough to change your behavior to create a better life for yourself and your family? And how do we follow up with people who don't become clients right away is the third question. We sent out emails every three months 
to everyone that we enjoyed talking. They did not become clients. And everyone gets an email from us towards end of the year. Really just celebrating end of the year, the beginning of the new year. Asking them to reflect on the year, think about their goals for the following and asking them to meet with us so we can discuss their savings goals for the next year. I also call them and uh, we call every six months and we send out emails every three months. And it's, 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 it's almost like a well-oiled machine that is just happens automatically. And if a client doesn't want to reach out to us, they can simply opt out and we will not bother them in the future. Irina's end of the year email is relevant right now as we near the end of 2022. I also like how she encourages us to make it simple for clients to make introductions and reminds us that we can't create more work for a client. Thank you, Amy, Tori, and Irina for sharing your tips and best practices. It's clear from your responses that you each have specific processes for outreach and follow-up. Establishing processes helps us remove the emotional decision-making from sales. Check in with yourself. Do you have a process for outreach? What is your process for follow-up? I bet you have some follow-up opportunities in your CRM from referrals and meetings you kept earlier in the year, which can help you finish this year strong. You likely have an opportunity to set some practice management goals around outlining and following outreach and follow-up processes for the new year. As I listened to Amy, Tori, and Irina share their insights, I am reminded that there is room for individuality as you establish your processes. They each shared a variety of different questions they rely on to build connections in meetings. I encourage you to think about your own favorite questions to establish connections. With that goal achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, noting your lessons learned, and identify your priorities for next week so you can continuously pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on goal-achieving and business-growing wisdom. If you want my best goal-achieving tips and a monthly reminder to check in on your goals, join my email list at kristenburke.com. 